I have a quick question, Kyle, before we start. How is it? Up, how is it April, and the Raiders are already zero and three? Welcome to the third season of MHR Radio. This is our podcast. I'm Ian Henson. I'm Kyle Montgomery. Welcome to season three, everyone. We did it. We got through a year of the MHR Radio podcast, Ian. How did we do that? I did. Oh, that last episode was a little rough. Or that last, towards the end, it got a little shaky. Um, we've actually lost some players since then. We've gained a couple good ones. And where are we now? We have uh, a lot of our players went to the New York Giants for some reason. <laughs> they all wanted to go to Peyton's younger brother. They're like, oh, he's the younger version of Peyton. Not quite. Well, but he's got, yeah, he's got more rings. So he's, he's shinier, but he's not quite the same. Uh, yeah. We DeMarcus Ware, I guess, is probably the shining crown jewel. He was he was a free agent for about 14 minutes before Elway swooped in and signed him. <laughs> Thank you, John Elway. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, the last time we all got around together around your iPod and talked, um, it was pre-free agency. We were all kind of making predictions about what we thought might happen, who we might sign. We kind of all agreed safety was a position of importance, and therefore the Broncos signed TJ Ward, my favorite signing of the Broncos offseason, mostly because the price point is right, and he's the youngest, or, well, he's younger than Tlaib or Ward, and he's a defensive player. So TJ Ward's my boy, thrilled he's joining, and uh, I'm not sure he is younger than Tlaib, but he was the the cheapest. I did not think that there was any way that Cleveland was going to let him go. And then Cleveland had their shakeups with their own you know, coaching staff, GM staff. They had complete turnover. They fell in love with um, a different safety, let, let TJ go. Now he's a Bronco. Um, contrary to what Peyton Manning may have you believe, Mike Adams is not currently with the Broncos. So Raheem Moore's back healthy next season. Um, Quentin Carter, we haven't heard from in a while. I know you're not too high on Quentin Carter, but it's, it's it's, I, I guess it's an improved secondary. Um, Aqib Talib played college football with Chris Harris. They're back together. Um, there's Kayvon Webster, Tony Carter. Something interesting is going to happen there. They'll probably draft someone. We'll get into that probably next week, I assume. Um, and um, Emmanuel Sanders. Interesting wide receiver choice. Resigned Bubba Caldwell. Um, sign um, Emmanuel Sanders, a guy who New England wanted last year. New England signed him to an offer sheet. Uh, Pittsburgh just had the rights to match it, and they did. So I'm not, I'm not completely sure what the plan is at kick returner, but I assume he has a little bit to do with it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the Broncos let Trendon Holiday go, so Emmanuel Sanders is a potential special team player. It's tough to ask your free agent signings to do that. That's usually something you ask your draft picks. But right now, he's the only person I can pencil in that position. So it was a good signing. It was someone who can catch the football from Peyton Manning. It's someone who can catch the football from the enemy's foot. Not that they'll be kicking off a lot. They'll be punting. Uh, <laughs> it was a good free agency period. John always always aggressive. We can always rely on John to give Peyton Manning something he can rely on as long as Peyton Manning is here. You know, John always going to make every move possible to get us that Super Bowl ring now. And all of these deals are basically one or two year deals. You know, we signed TJ Ward for four years. We signed Aqib Tlaib for, what was it, six years? Yeah. I think we signed him for six years. We, we signed Demarcus Ware for three years. But all of these 
are kind of like DeMarcus Ware's is like three one-year deals. Yeah. The Broncos can cut him in 2015 without too much, too big of a penalty. And, you know, that just goes to show you that John Elway and his cat master, what is his name, Matt Sullivan, they've, they've done yes. a great job of uh, um, just fixing the Broncos cap. They were in cap hell post-Shanahan for a long time. Uh, they have Peyton Manning for $18 million a year, and yet they're still aggressive in free agency, more aggressive than anyone else in free agency every single year. Right. And thank God, because their draft picks haven't exactly panned out just yet. We're, we're waiting on a few of them. <laughs> uh, those well, are Von the- Miller's good. And yeah, you know, we we were hoping that Raheem Moore would be better than he's been so far. We were hoping that Nate Irving could step up and be a starter. Yeah. And Derek Wolf. Derek Wolf had a weird freak health incident. We'll see how he does. Sylvester Williams, I like. He, yeah, he had as good. He had as good a rookie year as I could have hoped for. Yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's just been some just interesting things with the draft, and I, I don't expect it to change much this year. I mean, you got for every Ronnie Hillman, there's a Julius Thomas, you know, who you saw glimmers of, but through injuries, you know, you can never quite tell whether he was good in the regular season. You could just see him in the preseason. Yeah, he's he's good with with uh, Tebow at quarterback, <laughs> but uh, couldn't have been better last season. And maybe the same thing's true for for all these guys, for Ronnie Hillman, you know, everyone who's remaining on the team. They just moved Orlando Franklin officially from tackle to guard. Uh, I assume that means Chris Clark's going to probably start the season at right tackle if everyone stays healthy. Um, Man, you have a noisy cat. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> no worries. It's just he wants to be on the podcast too. He has an opinion to talk about with Orlando Franklin. You know, I, I had to get us at Mile High Report to clarify that nothing official has happened with Orlando Franklin. He just tweeted so left guard. That just means that he's going to be trying it out. To me, I don't know if that means that there's anything official going about it. Do they enter the off season kind of penciling him in there? Yeah, but that's trial, trial by fire. We'll see if that sticks. But he's going to try it out, and that's exciting. We we were kind of the first ones to suggest it, actually. At Mile High Report. I can't remember anyone coming up with that before we did. I remember it seems like every year of John Fox's tenure as a Denver Broncos head coach, there has been some tumultuous injury at the offensive line, and the Broncos have been fine. Last year, we lost, we didn't have a center. You know, People were counting us out because Peyton Manning didn't have a center, and then Ryan Clady goes down. Denver Broncos were fine. <laughs> they are, and that's because of Peyton Manning, really. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you, Peyton. Thank you, John Elway. <laughs> uh, do you have a Do you have a favorite signing, Ian? Um, signing. Uh, I mean, the Demarcus Ware one was big. I kind of there was there was some that I was just kind of hoping for. Um, the whole thing with Darrell Revis, that they basically. I mean, if you if you were living in a tunnel and not reading Mile High Report, you you may not know that the Broncos made the same offer to Dominic Rogers Cromartie. Darrell Revis and Aqib Talib. Uh, Revis said no, and it was really over $500,000. It was something of really small amount of money. Um, uh, Dominic Rogers Cromartie held out for a little while. Broncos rescinded their offer to DRC, gave it to Aqib Talib, signed Aqib Talib. DRC gets no offers for about a week and then ends up signing for far less with the New York Giants. So cutting off his nose despite his face. Uh, Revis did get his money he wanted uh, Broncos didn't have to give up a draft pick. Patriots are stronger. 
uh, arguably, I, you know, Rivas is a, probably a better corner corner than um, Talib, but is DRC a better corner than Talib? I don't know. I keep Talib as a physical corner. He's someone who'll tackle, and Rivas will too. Dominic Rogers, Cromartie, not so much. Um, Darrell Rivas is obviously the more famous corner. He's the <clears throat> excuse me, the better corner year in year out. Um, but last year it was interesting. We broke it down at Mile High Report that according to Pro Football Focus, you know we love them. Uh, Talib was having a better season uh, to start the year, and he actually ended with a better grade than Darrell Rivas. Did he end with a better grade? But he had a he had a better grade before Akib Talib's injury. Akib Talib did. Yeah. 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 Um. <laughs> so the the, Bronco, the Broncos got one of the best corners in the market. They improved their secondary with the best strong safety. Yeah. Um. You can call. I would call Talib over. DRC a wash. They didn't improve yeah. at, and we had to say goodbye to Champ Bailey. That was kind of kind of a surprise. I know um, I was surprised by it. I thought they would restructure something, sign him to kind of a similar deal to what the Saints did, yeah. but instead they let him go. And you see what he signed. What he signed with New Orleans for was was pennies. You know, he's not really guaranteed a, a ton of money, much above the the veteran minimum for for his level of years in the NFL. But yeah, Denver. I guess didn't want to deal with it. Um, apparently, according to Champ, the Broncos didn't even make him an offer. So it's a cold, cold world in John Elway's office. Um, another guy that went away, no Sean Moreno. Now he's a Miami Dolphin. No Mo, no Sean. Uh, we are rolling with Monte Ball. And Peyton Manning talked about it. He's comfortable with it. They asked him about how comfortable he was with Ball a few times. It's it's really almost speaks to the position of running back across the NFL. It, it is the it is becoming a fullback. Nobody has fullbacks anymore. One day we're not even gonna have running backs. It's becoming that unimportant to even have somebody to carry the rock because this has become such a passing league. Players like Noshan Moreno, he had a thousand yards rushing, five hundred yards five hundred yards receiving. He ate up the playbook. Was a pass protecting monster for Peyton Manning. Uh, Last the whole catches, season, sixty catches. Yeah, and and it took him it took him a week to sign with someone. It took him over a week, yeah. and he signed for next to nothing. He would he would have gotten three times that much three years ago. Yeah, but Definitely. it's just it's just the way the market is falling right now. Yeah, and so Monte Ball has it now, and he better enjoy it because when he becomes a free agent, nobody's going to sign him either. <laughs> yeah, they got. Uh, I mean, the oldest. Running back in their their stable right now is like twenty two, Ronnie Hillman's twenty two, um, Monte Ball's I guess twenty three, and then CJ's twenty two. So yeah, there's not there's there's no experience at running back really. Ronnie Hillman's the most experienced running back in in Denver right now. Um, who else? Eric Decker's gone. What what are the Wesley Woodyard, Zane Beatles? Um, one of the things that I want to speak to is the amount of former Broncos that are currently contributing to the community still in Denver. Zane Beatles um, just did an event. Wesley Woodyard is, is doing another event with uh, Chris Harris football camps. Like these are good guys to, to lose. And, and I don't know what that says. I mean, Zane Beatles signed for more in Jacksonville than Louis Vasquez did in Denver. And I don't know what, I don't know what that is. It, Jaguars just really like Zane Beatles, I guess. Yeah, that was a bad move by the Jaguars because Zane Beatles isn't worth more than Louis Vasquez. Um, 
what I would, I'm going to miss Wesley Woodyard. He was a, he was a captain every single year in this league, despite being undrafted. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, he started out as a special teams captain and became a defensive captain and the Broncos let him go. They let him go because he lost his starting job. Um, And that's tough. That, that I think might've been one of the harder decisions for the Broncos to make that and champ Bailey were kind of two tough ones in my mind. I imagine Mm -hmm. Um, Decker, everybody expected him to leave. Uh, Decker did a lot of good community work too. He has Decker's dogs. He had a football camp. He actually bowed out of his football camp. He and Demarius Thomas were going to have one. And now it's just Demarius Thomas's football camp. You know, I heard an interesting nugget about Demarius Thomas. Um, Do you know of all the players the Broncos currently have? He's the only one not under a contract negotiated under John Elway's regime now. Every single other player. Yeah, you either got drafted or signed as a free agent or has been extended yeah. under John Elway. Yep, huh. and it and it's only Demarius Thomas remains. So hopefully that's next up. Yeah, likely that'll change. Um, more offseason news. This is more recent news that the Broncos have um, said that they will pick up the fifth year option on Von Miller. Um, Von Miller. They said that. I thought it was just reported likely. No, May. Th- they have until May third. So that's like, what's the point before May third? But um, that was one of his goals before his personal troubles, uh, not personal, I don't know, what professional troubles, um, last season where they, they wanted to have that in mind or as to whether or not they would do it. And yeah, so that's good news. Um, and then ideally, I mean, really, if the Broncos want to hold on to Von Miller now for seven years, they can because they, do the, they have the fifth year option. Uh, for the sixth year, they could franchise him if they wanted to. They could franchise him one more time for that seventh year. Like Von Miller, unless the Broncos want Von Miller out, he's there's no reason for him to be, you know, not a seven year vet as a Denver Bronco. Well, the fifth year option will keep him in through 2015, um, but we'll, it'll pay him a lot. It'll pay him transition tag money. Mm-hmm. And that's quite a quite a raise. He's earned it on the field. The question is if he lost it off the field. I don't think the Broncos have announced that they're definitely going to sign him. And it's something that they'll have to decide for sure in the next 10 days. I think they will. Yeah. Um, And and in reality, I mean, what they're going to resign him anyway, they're going to be paying him, if not the top linebacker salary, they'll be paying him the second top or he'll be in the top three, I would assume. Um, The DeMarcus Ware interviews of late have got to have you pumped with his... (laughs) bravado <laughs> you can't double team both of us talking right. about Ian Von Miller he's absolutely right and, and it's almost a worse situation for offenses than it is a worse situation for offenses than it was when it was Doomerville and, and Vaughn you've got uh, there's just so much of so much weight on that side of the of the field you got where you got Von Miller uh Wolf comes back um Malik Jackson was 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 real fun to watch. Up the middle, you got Terrence Knighton. Um, oh, Terrence Knighton. <laughs> you better come back as good as you were at the end of last year. Oh, man, we'll, we're just going to dominate. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's there's sort of a situation at, at linebacker, but it's not as bad as I think most fans would would assume. Um, Broncos run, I don't remember what the percentage is. It's, it's higher than 50% out of the nickel. Um, so the middle linebacker situation isn't quite as dire as um, some – fans would would like to believe and Danny Trevathan's really really good <laughs> he's not 
he's not um he's definitely not a step down from Wesley Woodyard. I am a firm believer in in Nate Irving. I think he got the short end of the stick last season having to switch over um in camp to take over for Von Miller. Um I don't know that last season. If you wanted to judge Nate Irving, judge him on his Super Bowl performance because he was one of the few the proud um who had a great Super Bowl game in uh, against the Seahawks. Somebody played well against the Seahawks? <laughs> yeah, Nate Irving did. But Terrence Knighton. Both those guys had, had good games. That's true. You know, I'm just kind of half kidding. That was such a terrible game. I was praying that we started off the season with the Seattle Seahawks, which we are not. I wanted to get that taste out of my mouth immediately. Um, unfortunately, we'll have to wait until week three before the Broncos go to play in Seattle. Um, we'll get to the whole schedule in just a bit. Is there – what else did we miss from – From this whole offseason, what have we been talking about for the past month? Have we been breaking down the draft? We're going to do that a lot on the next episode of the MHR Radio Podcast. I'm going to talk about some of our favorite guys. Um, but the MHR, we've had several mock drafts already. We have a community mock draft going on where we post two picks per day. Um, and we've been talking about free agency for – Quite a while. Our attention is turned to the draft in a lot of ways. And uh, that's something we're going to hit home hard next time. <laughs> so we are going to dive, take a, a deep dive, which is probably a word that Kyle loves now. We're going to deep dive into the uh, <laughs> Denver Broncos schedule. Why is that? <laughs> Just because it's one of those terms you hear a lot in like digital agencies. Got to deep dive into that deck. You're like, hmm. How about we just look at it? Why do we have to dive anywhere? Anyway, <laughs> we've got a. Uh, that is not a buzzword I hear. I hear all about. I hear all about synergy and crap like that. Yeah, synergy, and uh, circle back. Did you circle back? Are you in circle back? You got to circle back. <laughs> um, can't you? Can, can't you just envision Demarcus Ware destroying Alex Smith and Von Miller oh eating Philip Rivers alive, and now we have Matt Schaub to terrorize what's up with the Raiders what do, you, do you think they're going to do anything with that I don't they they had some close games last season with a, a quarterback that I couldn't even name right now I don't he was and the answer is no the Raiders are terrible <laughs> they'll always be terrible <laughs> I gotta give credit where credit's due I do think the AFC AFC West sent three teams to the playoffs last year and we got to play two of those teams twice as well as the NFC West and the AFC East. The Broncos have have the second hardest strength yep. of schedule just behind the Raiders <laughs> because the Raiders have to play Denver twice. <laughs> exactly. The Raiders play us twice. <laughs> so uh, we actually, we have a sponsor. So um, we're going to be right back after this um, quick break and we're going to talk schedule, schedule, schedule and probably throw in an early prediction or two. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see in just a second. Don't let another week pass without trying the hottest thing in fantasy baseball. FanDuel.com, the leader in one-day fantasy baseball leagues. Play today, win tonight. No season-long commitment, no upfront fees. Real money leagues up to one from $1 up to $1,000 plus. Start fresh, new team each day. Play only when you want. No one has more leagues, more winners, and more payouts. Are you a Rockies fan? Did you miss out on Charlie Blackman in your fantasy baseball league? Well, at FanDuel.com, worry not. You can draft a new team every day. You can get Charlie Blackman tomorrow and watch him kick the Diamondbacks' butt. 
Prince Prince. Chris Prince is a postal worker and avid fantasy player. He's won over $535,000 playing FanDuel. FanDuel will pay up to $1 million every day this baseball season and over $400 million this year. As a special offer to MHR radio listeners, the first 50 people to sign up using my code MHR, FanDuel will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to 200 bucks. Be one of the first 50 people to sign up using my code MHR today. You got to get your share of the $400 million payouts at FanDuel.com. Use my code MHR to sign up at FanDuel.com. Deposit match offer ending soon. F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. The leader in one-day fantasy baseball. So, yeah, let's uh, talk real quick about the Rockies. <laughs> Just for a second, Kyle. I know you're a big fan. I'm a big fan, but that's how long my hope for this team lasts each year is just for a second, or maybe just for the first like five or six weeks. The Rockies are 12 and 11. Uh, They've won five of their last six games, and they are getting my hopes up just enough to crush them swiftly. I'm I am kryptonite to the Rockies. So if I start, yeah, if I pay attention to the Rockies, they lose. I I mean, you've you've had firsthand experience of this. Every you and I have gone to games together and, and it does not uh, ever end up well for the Rockies for whatever reason. <laughs> so you ignored everything I just said then, right? You have no idea that the Rockies have been doing okay, that they're really terrible this year. You knew that, right? I was insinuating that they're not terrible. Um, they're, they're over 500. It's April. <laughs> but if you know that, they'll start sucking. They're terrible, <laughs> Ian. Just believe me. <laughs> anyway, um, I heard that in second baseball. Yeah. This is this is a hockey. This is a hockey town. Yeah, the hockey. Yeah, um, Play you know, every, no, this is a football town. We're here to talk about Broncos. They're well. They've all kind of followed the the Broncos' lead. You know, Rockies have former Rocky manager. The Avs have former Avalanche player coaching. It's just, it's working out for the Avs. It hasn't quite done much for <laughs> the Rockies just yet, but but there's still time, I guess, knock on wood. If you're a Rockies fan, we have fans at Mile High Report from all over the country, though, so I'm, I'm sorry for isolating you guys, but um, got to talk about the hometown teams a little bit. All right. So speaking of hometown teams, the Denver Broncos schedule was released Wednesday evening to much hurrah of uh, NFL Network. We've mentioned a couple games already. Broncos are starting off Sunday night football, non-doubleheader. Monday night's the doubleheader. Sunday night's all Broncos, all Colts, all Andrew Luck, all Peyton Manning. And it's in Denver this time. So I don't know that Jim Irsay will be in shape to attend the game, but he will be... Um, paying attention as the Broncos, I guess, I don't know, is this revenge tour? We get to play all the teams that beat us. This whole season is the revenge tour. And we play all the teams that beat us. And, you know, this is our third straight year playing our first week on NBC and prime time. And that's, you know, the NFL's staple network at Sunday night football or the season opener on Thursday night last year. We always get the, uh, the prime time slot and we're opening Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, not a homecoming for Peyton this year, but you know he welcomes his old team, and it's going to be good to kick the Colts' ass. Yes. Yeah, especially so early on. And Colts were yeah the the, the Broncos opened as seven point favorites. Did you know that they're already seven points favorites? We're one hundred and thirty seven days from kickoff, and Vegas is like, yep, I think the Broncos will win by seven. It's a totally different team. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just 
You when, get, you have, when you have Peyton Manning, you can make those kind of predictions. <laughs> you get three points just for for um, being a home team, I think. So so they're, they're saying we're definitely winning if we're giving a seven. Um, and, and no one's even drafted yet. Who knows what the Colts are Exactly. <laughs> these teams aren't even complete. Yeah, these teams aren't even complete yet. And that's it. Let's run down the schedule real quick. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to run down the schedule and give my tone of excitement for each game as I read it. All right. All right. Colts. Win. Chiefs. Win. And Seahawks. Possible loss. Bye. <laughs> uh, Arizona Cardinals. Actually, Arizona, I'm an Arizona boy. Arizona Cardinals. It's not a home game for you, though. That Denver. At the Jets. San Francisco 49ers, San Diego Chargers, at New England Patriots, <laughs> at the Raiders, <laughs> at the Rams, Miami Dolphins, <laughs> at the Chiefs, uh, Buffalo Bills, at the Chargers, at the Bengals, and the Raiders to finish it off. At home. Yeah, so running down the schedule real quick, I think the Broncos can beat the Colts. Broncos will beat Kansas City at home. I got Seattle in Seattle. Week three, just before the bye. It would be so nice to have that game coming out of the bye. I don't know. So Yo, we're looking- that's a good point. We have we have our hardest game of the year right before the bye, which is like the game players take off. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's okay. I'm, I'm only going to half play this game. Damn, that's a good point. Coming I didn't think about that. Coming back That's out a of- loss. We, we have to pencil that in as a loss because if we do anything else, we are totally biased Broncos fans because every other person in the world is going to put an L right there. Mm-hmm. Cardinals have... It's so hard to predict right now, but Cardinals were good to finish out the year. Um, Jets. They're, they're always good to finish out the year. They never start out that great. So win, that's week six or week five. So that's a win. At Jets, you flip a coin kind of with the Jets. Who knows what they're going to be next year. They don't have a quarterback. Mike Vick. We've, <laughs> I mean, Mike, Mike Vick's the best quarterback in New York right now and or for the Jets right now. And, I, and who knows if he'll even be the starter. It might be Geno Smith. I'm not sure that the Jets are going to give us much of a hassle. 49ers at home on Sunday night again. Two, second Sunday night game of the season is in week by week seven. 49ers at home. Win or loss. You know, I'm not I'm not sure the 49ers are going to be as much a powerhouse right now. Maybe that's just the status of things right now in San Francisco. It has been a tumultuous offseason for them. I mean, between the Harbaugh rumors and the <laughs> varying uh, personal off-field issues. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, it'll, it'll be kind of amazing if they bounce back and have, you know, a winning record uh, to start the year. If they start out like 5-1 and one like they do most years, it'll be, I would be impressed. Uh, so, you, you know, it's tough to gauge schedules by last year. Mm-hmm. We go through this every year. Last year, the Broncos entered 2013 thinking, oh man, this is one of the toughest strength of schedules in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And by the time they finished it, they had one of the weakest mm-hmm. strengths of schedule in the NFL. You can't judge a lot by last year. So the Niners, they're a team that still has some question marks for me. They have made it deep into the playoffs two years in a row, but that, that's not even a guarantee of anything. Without a premier quarterback, you can't really guarantee anything. Mm, and then we got four days. So we go from Sunday night to a Thursday night game, both at home. Broncos don't have to travel, but they have basically Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to prepare for the San Diego Chargers at home, Thursday night football. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's the game we lost. That, that's the same Thursday night affair that the Broncos lost at home last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, damn Chargers game. What it's it does. Uh, 
what it does though is it allows for two extra days to prepare to travel to the New England Patriots. What a terrible present that is at the end of your mini buy. You know, welcome back to football. Go to Foxborough. <laughs> I hate that three game stretch. I, I didn't recognize that three game stretch of 49ers, Chargers, and at Patriots mm. when I first wrote the the article about the schedule. What's the hardest stretch of of the schedule? Oh, that's easy. The first three weeks. It's Colts, Chiefs, Seahawks. Jeez, mm-hmm. what a brutal start. I think weeks seven through nine are tougher because we have two playoff teams in five days and then at Patriots. It's, it's ridiculous. If all went terrible for the Broncos, they're looking at like three, oh gosh, three and six. I mean, if everything just goes down, 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 Broncos, Broncos beat the Chiefs, they beat the Cardinals, they beat the Jets. There's no other gimmies in that first, in those first nine weeks. There's no other gimmies. Um, come out of the Patriots, travel to Oakland. That's a win. <laughs> travel to, to St. Louis. That's another win. Oh, you want you, you wanted to say win or loss on the Oakland game. I, <laughs> I just assumed win and was moving along. <laughs> yeah, we said it, Oakland fans. Prove us wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Miami two, travels to Denver November 23rd, Sunday afternoon. Not going to be a warm game for Miami. Uh, Let's pause real quick. Did you know that the Miami Dolphins are the team against we, which we have our worst record? Or something like yeah. four and eleven against yeah. them in franchise history, and that's really, really I, bad. I really so can't remember. Don't count that as a W. Yeah. Well, I can't remember a bunch of time. I can't remember at least any any time that we beat the Miami Dolphins in my memory. My my memory that stretches back probably to like 1987 <laughs> securely. But I, yeah, I can't remember really beating the Dolphins that often. I, I can't either, honestly. It's and Pey- Peyton has a team like that. Peyton has a team that he has a losing record against, and it's someone odd. It's like the, I don't remember who it is. It's not the Texans. We know that. Anyway, um, out of that, we go to a late, late November uh, game at Kansas City, which is another Sunday night football. So we're now we're at we're on four primetime games for the Broncos so far this season. And then a new rule this season is that the NFL starts to flex games as of week five. So technically, any of these games that are on Thursday or Monday night. Um, and the Broncos don't have a Monday night game until week 16. Any of these games can be flexed in or out of the Sunday night schedule um, that aren't already on Thursday or Monday. Um, of course, I'm, I'm completely, you know, narcissistic and I think it's all about me. But that New England Patriots game is in week nine before they couldn't flex games until week 11. It's almost like they changed that rule just so maybe if NBC <laughs> pushes hard enough, they can flex <laughs> Broncos at Patriots. Broncos at Patriots. That's, that's actually my theory. That is like, well, we finally finalized the schedule. This works for everyone's traveling schedule. All the teams say, okay. Oh, but we can't flex Broncos at Patriots. Well, let's just change the rule. We can start flexing early. <laughs> um, so we got, that's a, I'm going to say after the Patriots, it's, it's not a gimme, gimme schedule, but you got at Oakland, at St. Louis, Miami at home, at Kansas City, at, or Buffalo at home. Buffalo Bills at home. Um, and then week 15 at San Diego. <sighs> it's I'm, I got one, one. I'm comfortable saying one loss at this point. <laughs> Possibly two. New England Patriots, you never know. San Francisco 49ers, you don't know. There's three. Um, week 15 at San Diego. 
uh, I think we take them. Um, Monday night football. Not Broncos do not have a Monday night football game until December 22nd, and that's at Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati's been a contender the last, I guess, two years. I wouldn't see any, any reason why they wouldn't be this year. It's not like they got worse stuff. I want them to take the next step. They were my AFC Championship prediction team. I thought it'd be Broncos, Bengals, and the AFC Championship. Stop sucking in the playoffs, Cincinnati. Jeez. <laughs> Andy Dalton. Uh, Come on, Dalton. Jeez. And then the Broncos uh, really lucked out three days after Christmas. The final game of the season, regular season, will be the Raiders at home. Um, I don't even know if that game will sell out, to be honest. <laughs> it's the Week 17 game against the Raiders at home. It's the Raiders. It'll sell out. <laughs> just just because you hate them. You know, it'll sell out, but not everybody will show up. They'll have 8,000 no-shows. So some of the quotes you included, you included uh, one of John Elway's quotes immediately. John Elway said, I think when you look at it, we have to start fast. We have three playoff teams the first three weeks, the Colts, Chiefs, and the Seahawks. Um, we have to get off to a quick start. Thanks, John Elway. Yes, that's exactly what we have to do. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was very eloquently put and very deep and fascinating. <laughs> he goes on to say, we knew it was going to be a schedule playing the NFC West. And when we finished first in our division, like we have the past three years, it is always going to be a tough schedule with a lot of good football teams on it. I think there are a lot of good things about it and we'll do the best we can with it. That is fascinating stuff, John Elway. That's just, oh, just he's, he's amazing. He just he even says boring quotes in an amazing way. I, I can't do it justice. <laughs> so in a, in a quick uh, Mile High Report reader poll, <laughs> You had which game are you most looking forward to the Broncos 2014 schedule? And 60%, a whopping 60% of, of MHR um, readers have voted week three against the Seattle Seahawks, um, with week one against the Indianapolis Colts coming in at 16%, um, followed by 11% of voters saying week nine at the New England Patriots. Yeah. So yeah, we gave we gave them seven options, and of course there were really like seventeen options or sixteen options because you know other encompasses a lot, <laughs> and more than more than half the people want a piece of Seattle, and I do too. It, it, it's insulting. Forty three to eight is just insulting. It's just this nagging feeling, both on the back of my neck and the pit of my stomach at the same time, of just oh god, we need to fix that somehow. I read it. And week three versus Seattle. What's the date of it? Week three versus Seattle. September 21st. September 21st. That is a 921. <laughs> um, I'm not, most of you are aware that Colorado has legalized marijuana. And I, and I, I read a tweet earlier today that I assume this man is completely taking advantage of the fact that Colorado has legalized marijuana. His name is, I believe, at Tovar. But he, he he said he had a conspiracy theory and he said that the, the Super Bowl score was 43 to eight, which will be Peyton Manning's record as a Denver Bronco at the end of the season, 43 and eight, which would mean the Broncos aren't going undefeated. That would mean the Broncos aren't even getting into the playoffs. Cause that doesn't even No, the Broncos we... Broncos would be undefeated. They go 16 and zero, And so at the end of the season, Peyton Manning's, Record as a Denver Bronco quarterback would be forty three and eight. You include the Super Bowl loss, you include the playoff loss the previous year to the Baltimore Ravens. That's eight losses and forty three wins. 
that takes us into the playoffs. Yeah, but but then there's oh, you mean like at the end of the regular season before yes. the playoffs begin? You are being not. You're not thinking like the Colorado resident right now. You need to be a little that bit. That is a, the most pointless stat <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. It only applies for like one day. And I don't, it doesn't even apply for like his career. That doesn't even make sense. You aren't thinking like a high person right now. Think Doritos. Think uh, <laughs> Swedish fish and, and Mountain Dew. <laughs> I eat Doritos every morning for breakfast and I am not on the same wavelength as this gentleman. All right. His um, name is Tovar. It should be, it should be Tokar. Toker. Toker. There you go. Tokar. Um, as we do, as we do, we uh, we like to talk about a television show that's currently in session as we record these podcasts. And finally, we are at a point where um, I can talk about one of my so favorite shows. We're, we're done talking Broncos? We are done. Broncos. The, Broncos talk, the Broncos talk has now ended, those MHR radio listeners. What we like to do now is just talk some television. Breaking Bad is done. And so Ian convinced me to watch another program. Go, we're go gonna, Ian. We're talking about Game of Thrones. So Game of Thrones. <laughs> so um, if you don't want any spoilers, if you're one of those people who thinks that the world will stop oh, and start at your convenience, go ahead and turn us off. Um, so many spoiler warnings. Humongous spoiler warnings. I will not. Ned Stark dies. <laughs> <laughs> I will not I will not talk about um anything from the books. So anything that hasn't aired on television will not come up here. However, anything that's aired on television is f- free game and I will uh you're damn right you won't talk about the books. <laughs> I didn't know Joffrey was going to die. That was way surprising. Uh I I knew Joffrey was going to die because I was dumb enough to go on IMDb and I saw how many episodes he was credited for. And I was like, oh, <laughs> don't ever do that. Don't do that to your well, favorite show. Especially not that show. <laughs> like, that show's the one where you, are you a main character? You're probably going to die. I did, I, did the, I, did, I did the math in my head real quick. I was like, he's in 27 episodes. There's, they're on season four. Oh, <laughs> 10 episodes per season. Um, yeah, so, so tell me how you interpreted and I'll tell you how it actually happened. Um, Joffrey's death. Who did it? Littlefinger was behind it, but how did it happen? Did you say, did you notice how it happened? It looked to me, I mean, I watched that episode probably three times just to, and when I watch any TV show, just so everybody knows, I'm usually blogging while I watch. So I'm always only have like half my attention in two places. Um, so I watched it like three times, but really I watched it like three half times. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I watched it and I thought there was a possibility that Sansa was involved somehow. Sansa, the, 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 Sansa had no the, idea. The goblet drops and then she hands it. So, yeah, so. The, 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 if you go back and watch it one more time, Kyle, and, and those of you um, who, would, who, who care, um, you'll see when the old... Oh, I can't remember her name right now. Oli, Oleandra or something. She goes over to Sansa and pulls the crystal from the necklace. She's talking about what? she's talking about Rob Stark and how terrible it was for him to get murdered at a wedding. She pulls a crystal from her necklace. That necklace, if you saw the latest episode, which was episode three, episode three or four, yeah. um, three. he crashes up. Uh, Littlefinger crushes up on the on the 
bow of the ship, he crushes up the necklace to show this was the choking potion. And they kill the guy who rescued Sansa. <laughs> so who knows what's going to happen. Even, I didn't even get that. I didn't even understand that the necklace was part of the poisoning mechanism. Yeah. All I knew was that the king was dead and he bled out of his eyeballs and it was awesome. <laughs> so, um, do you want to know how many main characters die for the rest of the season? I won't tell you. I won't tell you who. I will give no indication as to how, but I will tell you how many main characters are going to die for the rest no. of the season. No. No. It's less than no. 10. No. <laughs> less than what 10. What part of no. <laughs> here's the here's the greatest news of all is that once this season's over, I think that the the viewers and the readers are going to be at the same exact level. So no more I no more highfalutin readers being like, oh, you got to see what happens when this happens. No, that won't happen anymore because they are going to be through book four likely and on to book five, which no one's read yet because it doesn't exist. At what point did you read the books after wa- after watching the show, right? And at what point? Like between season one and two, between season uh, two and three, in the middle of a season? Um, just before season, after season one. So before season two. Okay. Well, I was going to ask you what your biggest surprise was on the show. That's pretty obvious because season one only had the one freaking surprise. Well, no, there's stuff. There's stuff in the shows that's not in the books. So you get a better understanding of the books by watching the show. Like you wouldn't have known um, that she was involved in the death of of Joffrey had you not seen the show. You would think it was just Littlefinger. Um, the rape scene with with uh, with Jamie and Cersei. Oh, the not the non-rape scene. The, the author came out online on Monday, and he was like, "That's not a rape scene. That's not what happened. This just it was. That's how maybe you interpreted it, but she wasn't being raped." So there's little things like that that you don't get from just watching, um, for just reading the book. You you can read people's thoughts in the book, and you can't get that from television. So they have to play things differently on television than you would for a book reader. Ian, who should be king? <laughs> I uh, my prediction is that Jon Snow who? will be king. Who at the should end of it. be king? Who is the, who is the rightful king? Um, I have a theory that Jon Snow is the rightful king. If you know, <laughs> how is Jon Snow the rightful king? What, well, originally, what, what claim does he have? Originally, um, oh, this is going to get so deep. So the the Targaryens ruled everything right the mad king um right targaryen's son who would have been first runner up for the king stole the wife from robert baratheon who's the fat guy fat king at the at the very beginning who who died because he killed himself all drunkenly uh, i know robert baratheon is (laughs) i'm trying to tell anybody who doesn't know um stole his the woman he was betrothed to uh, they may or may not have had a child. Um, that child may or may not have been Jon Snow. Robert Baratheon gets, and, and that woman who, um, the Targaryen son. Whoa. <laughs> that woman who the Targaryen son was, uh, had stolen from Robert Baratheon was actually in love with Rain Targaryen, um, was the sister of Ned the Stark. was the sister of the woman that Ned Stark married. Yes, so that's Jon Snow may not be Ned. No, Stark's. I thought it was Ned Stark's. It was Ned Stark's sister. 
Robert Baratheon loved Ned Stark's sister, and they were supposed to be brothers by blood. Right, I mean, right. But that woman may or may not have been Jon Snow's mother. They confused everybody. Okay. <laughs> Did I just make you feel like the guy? So you're saying that Ned Stark adopted his? I don't. I don't. His nephew, basically. Jon's, I don't. I don't follow. I don't follow all of that, and I think you're wrong. But it's cool. <laughs> And then the way it works in Game of Thrones, your last name is wherever you were born. So if you're if you're a bastard, your last name becomes Snow because you're from the north, or or Sand because you're from right. Exactly. Vale. So vale. so vale. what is it called again? Vale is uh no. If you're from like where where is Daenerys is hanging out right now, that's that's the, the sand. Dawn. Think, that's what it is. Dawn. There's there's four or five names. Little fingers, one of them fingers because it's there on the whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, some interesting stuff happening at the wall. There's some interesting stuff happening. But there's some non interesting stuff happening. Uh, <laughs> I don't get the. There's it seems pointless what's going on with uh with uh, Arya right now. It's like is this is she ever gonna is she gonna do anything? <laughs> All the Stark children. That, that right was now. the highlight of the season. That was the highlight of the season premiere, though. I mean, the season premiere was kind of uneventful, and then Arya kicked ass and took back Needle. That was awesome. Yeah, she's kind of being. She's kind of turning into a badass. Sansa still was. Their brothers are lost still, and who knows really what's going to happen with them. Even book readers don't know a lot of this stuff, so um, it's all theory at this point. I think. Um, cool. It's a good show. Thanks for uh, getting me hooked onto it. <laughs> All right, guys. We are going to wrap it up, and we will see you next week with some some draft stuff. Draft. A lot Just of draft so stuff. much draft. <laughs> um, we'll probably have another guest who can, you know, if, you are, if you've been on Mile High Report lately, you see that there's, there's quite a few capable um, – draft nicks within the MHR staff and um, they're writing every day. So, so check in. We'll have those guys on next week and we will talk some draft. Oh!